Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Do not adjust your digital device. What you are about to see and hear may shock and appall you. Join our hosts as they encounter countless thrills, spills, chills, and hilarity as they explore the very weirdest in pop culture. The following media is so strange, so beyond the scope of what is normal, it will make you ask the question, why does this exist? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Why Does This Exist? I'm Chris. And I'm Rob. And today we have an excellent show lined up for you. We are going to be talking about a childhood cartoon that is beloved, strange, and filled with queer stories that definitely flew over your head. It's about a wallaby, a a steer who was raised by wolves, and a turtle. And this launched the careers of several very prominent voice actors, and even entire shows. Actually, most of the crew ended up working on SpongeBob later on, including the creator Steven Hillenberg. We are talking Mm -hmm. about the fourth Nicktoon ever created, the iconic Rocco's Modern Life which features some of the B-52s in the, um, in the theme song. Pretty interesting, pretty neat. Now, for those of you who don't know, and for some of you who do, we are Why Does This Exist? We are a podcast that speaks about the very weirdest in pop culture, whether it's a cartoon like we will do in a few minutes, anything regarding pop culture, um, or, uh, or anything strange in general, a weird TV show, a weird comic book, a a movie of some kind, bands, and just various musical acts that have just, well, not exactly fit the norm. Card games, trading card games, pop culture things in general, comic books, you name it. We will discuss it at some point or another, whether it's happened, not happened, past, present, future. We're on it. And sometimes we're the only source that you can really come to for this. So that's interesting in itself. Uh, we are the leading experts on John Dillerman, which was episode four. Oh, uh, that's uh, that, that that's a show about that's a children's show from Denmark about a man with a giant penis that 
he uses for his everyday life to help people, or he tries to. Yeah, it's a long story. Maybe you should just check out episode four of this show. Yeah. Um, you can help support the show in a couple of ways. You can head over to our YouTube channel, which has not been updated in a long time. And just maybe, just maybe if you subscribed and showed some common courtesy and just let us know that, you know, you're, you're listening to us, we're out there and you're going to help spread the weed, then just maybe, maybe we'll start updating a few things. All right, fine. I'm not going to hold you guys hostage. The truth is I'm a jackass and I don't have a lot of time because I have a regular job and a nice wife and all those nice things that go along yeah. with it. And friends and words, a support system. In other words, I'm busy and people love me. In other words, you're living a modern life. Yes, well, I am. Well, I don't know. Well, modern modern times are pretty bleak for most people. I would say I got it pretty good. Not in the Ric Flair way. So no, my shoes do not cost more than your house. Oh. But then again, everything is pretty decent over here. I, I got a roof over my head. I'm doing all right. I got a trip to Portugal coming up. Things are pretty good in my uh, in, in my household. But um, if you want to if you want to help support the show, you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's why does this exist with a question mark? You can also give us some money uh, at uh, Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash Why does this exist? Oh, actually, I had to send you some money. Uh, Mr. Rob, because we actually finally got paid from uh, our podcast partners at Spreaker wow. to hook up with. We got paid from our ad sales, which means we got a whole whopping $10.75. Wow. So I owe you a cappuccino. Nice. With milk. <laughs> so there's that. Or one um, egg. <laughs> or one egg, yeah. There's a lot of things that we could do for you there. You might even get some cinnamon or some cocoa powder on top. Maybe you get the fancy cappuccino with the cinnamon stick. I don't know. Oh. You go to the good part of town to get your cappuccino. The you right sit down. You go down to um, you go down to St. Mark's Place and you uh, or um, you go down to Bleecker Street rather, and you sit over in the uh, in the Green Cafe. You sit under the statue of Nefertiti. Um, in uh, Cafe um, Cafe Reggio, that's um, that's my old stomping grounds, and that is oh. the best cappuccino you will ever get in the world. Um, and you heard it here first. But don't sit under the statue of Nefertiti. That's my spot. Oh, unless we're meeting there, then you could sit because I'll be there. And there, there's that. All right. I've written many stories and articles in there, and I've also lied to a few people about what I actually do for a living in that same booth. <laughs> I've also given them fake names. So if, you know you're watching, so if you're listening, Henry the Doctor is not real. I am not from Canada. I did not live in Manitoba. There is no doctor named Henry from Manitoba. There is no bathroom. No, there, no, no, there is a bathroom but anyway you could support us on patreon that's patreon.com slash why does this exist you could give us as little as one dollar and you can have access to the discord server where you can actually sit down and hang out with us and maybe we'll let you be on the show you can pitch ideas to us maybe we'll listen to some maybe we'll listen to others maybe we won't listen to anybody but and maybe you just hate the show when you want to hate listen people do that now Actually, more people hate listen than like listen. So maybe you could give us a dollar out of spite and you could come on and just trash talk us and tell us how terrible the show is. 
and maybe it'll be our most our, our highest numbers episode ever and wouldn't that be fun where you just trash talk us you don't let us get a word and we don't even get to do the show we just we have a great topic and you just trash talk us and insult us the entire time and we can't say anything because you paid us so how's that it's just it's almost like the government where they buy and sell you and you can't say anything but I, you didn't hear that from me that's just speculation that has been said by other people not me <laughs> anyway you can support us on patreon you can you can find us on youtube and do all the things like subscribe comment that will um, that will bump the algorithm up and more people will find us and that's always great uh, or you could just share us with your neighbor or friend or enemy or frenemy or co-workers that you do or don't like up to you um, at, at wherever your pod, wherever you get your podcast, I was going to say wherever your podcasts are sold, but I mean, <laughs> they're not necessarily sold. No, this is free. This is free. Um, just with ads because we need to get paid somehow. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I've, I've, I've said that all I need to say, um, but here's the news and well, that's the news and here's the weather. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge from a ragtag group of rogues. So let's get on with the goddamn show. All right, you talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this bottle. <laughs> a glass of wine. Uh, I was gonna finish the bottle, but there's bottle more wine, wine than I thought that there. No, there's more wine than I thought that there was in there. So I'll just save that for tomorrow or Saturday. Nice. And uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go get a lot of water. All right. Uh, so anyway, Rocco's Modern Life is, uh, of course, it's an animated cartoon series. Uh, it was created by the creator of SpongeBob, Stephen Hill. Stephen. No, Hill it was not created by the creator of SpongeBob. Oh, he, he was the creative director. Sorry. Yes, he Sorry. was the creative director, and he worked on most of season four. Yes, because uh, the creator Joe Murray stepped away for season four. Yes, he still so supervised. He still supervised and like like had a lot of input on season four. Yeah. But um, Stephen Hillenberg really took the reins on that show. Yeah. For season four. Um, and so it was, it was obviously it was a Nicktoon. It was on Nickelodeon, uh, and, and it's for kids, but it also featured a lot of adult humor, uh, which like you would never ever like get back then when you were a kid, but like watching it now, it's like, wow, I can't believe they got this on a children's network. Some of the jokes, even, well, even that they got, it wasn't that they targeted the jokes for like both kids and adults and a college audience that they really tried to shake things up. Yeah, it's that they geared it so heavily in that way and that they were even able to get that far. But I mean, this was a time, like we said, it, Rocco's Modern Life is the fourth Nicktoon ever. Yeah. So this was a time. And if you watch the uh, the documentary, The Orange Years, um, I think it's still on Hulu. Like, you'll see just how scrappy that that Nickelodeon really was in its infancy where they just wanted to shake every single thing up and they wanted to throw everything at the wall and whether it stuck or not they didn't care they just wanted yeah. to throw stuff and break things and well they certainly did with this yeah and it, it's interesting because like i always like i always thought like ren and stimpy was definitely raunchier than rocco's modern life and um well if I, I recall, like, be, when I was a kid, that, like, my mom didn't like when I watched Ren and Stimpy, but she was okay with Rocco's Modern Life. So, but, like, well, I was going to say, on... the difference maker is that Ren and Stimpy was 
what Ren and Stimpy was totally in your face, and we'll do a Ren and Stimpy episode at some point, I'm yeah. sure. But Ren and Stimpy was totally in your face and did not care and was like, yeah. this is what this is. And it was and like Ren and Stimpy did it in front of you. Yeah. Where Rocco's Modern Life, everything raunchy and all of the adult jokes and all of the innuendos, that was all like window dressing and in the background. So like a kid, it was designed in a way where a kid wouldn't get it at all and an adult yeah. would. So both people would laugh for different. So both sets of audiences would laugh for different reasons. There were a couple of instances in Rocco, though, where it was in your face. Uh, like, yes, there was one where Rocco is a phone sex operator. And like, yeah. that, it's well, like that's the very first episode. Obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very obvious that he is like a phone sex operator. Um Plus, you had really, really big man who had the nipples of truth, and his nipples yes. were literally attached to someone's eyeballs. <laughs> and he could see the future with his nipples of truth. Yeah, and his nipples of the future, his nipples of the future, and all of these other things. Yeah. So I mean, there was yeah, there was a couple of things that were like very like in your face, but yeah, you're right. For the most part, most of it was just implied, and it was like in the background. So. You- as a kid, you didn't see it, you di- or you just didn't understand what the joke was, so like it went over your head, right? Like a lot, a, a lot of times, I, a lot of times, like I, I wouldn't get, like as a kid, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't notice any of the jokes. But then as I got a little bit older, like even into like my teenage years and then college or whatever, just revisiting episodes, yeah, just saying, oh crap, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or like or just how did they get this past the censors? Like how did this air at all? Yeah. Like a lot of times, but it's it like it exactly did. Um it a lot of the um and this launched the careers of Tom Kenny, who was of course the voice of SpongeBob, mm-hmm. um and uh Carlos Lazaraki, which he well I mean, he's he voices so many people. He he's uh, he's known for um, what the heck is his name? The boss in um, in Family Guy. He's known for him. Um, he's also yep. like he's he's also on camera in Reno Nine One One. And um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, and of course he's Rocco, yeah. which is probably his most iconic character. And he he does. He was also um, original voice of Spyro, which I think we mentioned on our Spyro. Yes, we did, which Tom Kenny ended up becoming the second voice of <laughs> yeah, so Spyro. Like so came full circle every, there. Yeah, a lot of these a lot of weird things kind of ended up happening. And we've also got Mr. Lawrence who um was uh who also had like popped up as well mm-hmm. over there. And um we also have um It's like six degrees of Rocco's modern life. <laughs> yeah, well also you have a lot of there's a lot of instances where Charlie Adler shows up on that show too, which Charlie yeah. Adler is he sits behind the director camp a lot more often now, but you couldn't get away from Charlie Adler in like the nineties and mm-hmm. early two thousands. Mm-hmm. He was everywhere. Anytime you heard a high pitched anything, like that was usually him. Mm-hmm. So like these you know, these people were all you and like you they went on to do just about everything else in your childhood too. You know, everybody like they like they became about as iconic as Rob Paulson in their own way. And yeah. uh, and, and Kevin Conroy and um and uh, Keith David. But it, like they like it just it started here and then 
there's all these other shows where you'll see them and it's just like, holy crap, they all did that. And it all starts from uh, from Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. But the, I mean, it's interesting because Joe Murray didn't want to do cartoons. He didn't want to do any. He didn't want to do this at all. Like they mm-hmm. basically like gave this to him knowing that he didn't want to do it. And he was like, I really don't. And they were like, well, just do whatever you want. And he was like, OK. And that's kind of what it was. But uh, th- but like because he had started he had tried to do illustrating jobs and like he tried to do animation and everything and to get everything in there he tried to get his own show and all and like comic books and all these other things he tried to like he tried during the 80s and it just didn't really work out for whatever reason like things got scrapped things didn't last very long or like things got canceled or whatever it was it just didn't work or like his independent projects didn't really like work out and he was just so jaded and frustrated that he was like, I, that's why he was like, I don't want to even do this. Yeah. And, um, and then they decided and like, he wanted, he just wanted to fund an independent film called my dog zero. Mm -hmm. And he just sent this to them, which was basically, um, the idea from Rocco's modern life was basically a, um, like it was basically a comic that failed and didn't really get taken and like didn't take off um forget what the original character was called um i think that it was i have it here but i was hoping to uh travis there you go it was called travis and he tried to sell the comic book it didn't work and he was just like i don't know what to do with this so he just like and they said hey just do the show and he was like all right i'm just gonna put this on there and they said okay because he was just like, listen, I just need the money to fund this like independent project. I don't care about a cartoon or anything. I just want to do the independent project. I just want to do my dog zero. And then Nickelodeon, he was like, they figured that they would pre-buy it, so he pitched it to them. He pitched it to them, assuming that it would just fail, and they would like maybe they would just like pre-buy it and just do something so that he could get funding, and then go on his merry way, mm-hmm. and. It, because the industry was coming out of a rough period where like animation was just like it like it was at like it was at the end of the business cycle for like the 80s boom which was really it was just it was a lot of fancy disney movies and like big animation booms because of the toy lines like at this point yeah. in time a lot of cartoons which i'm sure we've mentioned on another podcast episode i can't think of it right now probably the kevin uh, oh on the swat cats episode we mentioned yeah, the swat cats episode that most cartoons from the 80s and 70s and 60s they were all designed to sell a toy so the cartoon was an afterthought and nobody cared if the cartoon was any good they were just like is it good enough to sell the toy like they just came to you with the toy first and the toy company came to like the animation company and just said Hey, we have a toy idea for this thing. Can you make a cartoon around it to sell it? And they add ones, day ones that were hmm? some okay toys. No, like we got we, we had a few gems in there, yeah. like Ninja Turtles and and everything. Yeah, yeah. But like, but a lot of and like Strawberry Shortcakes and what have you. We got a lot of we had a, we had a lot of gems in there. 
But the '90s was coming out of a the early '90s was coming out of that fatigue where people yeah. were just like, we don't want to keep buying toys for our kids. Yeah. Like, and the cartoons just weren't really that good anymore. Yeah. So they were just because it was just such a crank because they thought that the money would never end, which yeah. tends to happen at the end of any business cycle. Is the businesses get lazy? There's no innovation, and everything gets stagnates because there's too much of a good thing mm -hmm. and it and, and there's the bust period which if you're into finance or economics we're trying not to talk about that stuff on here but if you're in that we're really we should we're, like we're getting to that part and um you should be careful everybody's saying it but everybody's saying it with the whim that things are just not going to happen right now so they're just like oh well you know it'll happen but like you know tomorrow but like we're gonna make all the money today, and like not realizing that tomorrow's here. But yeah, anyway, we're not getting into finance or like <laughs> anything like that. This isn't the show for that. This isn't the time for that. I also don't have as much time as I did for the Magic Thirty thing uh, a few uh, like two episodes ago, where we uh, roasted the uh, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. For me. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. They were coming out of that period of time, and like Nickelodeon was a scrappy young company. They were like, "Listen, just go do what you want." And he was like, "I don't want to do a cartoon." And they were like, "Do the cartoon." And he was like, "But I don't want to." They were like, "Well, just do it." So, and he was like, "Fine, then I'll do whatever I want." And they were like, "Yeah, please do whatever you want." And he was like, "What? Yeah, okay, it's cool." So they did the show, and it was a very loose thing, and they wanted to make it like good for everyone they wanted to make it hit every single like audience both children adults college students and they absolutely achieved that now the interesting thing was they planned was a, a toy company planned on making and selling Rocco's modern life toys and <laughs> i don't know they wanted to make toys of this thing for some reason it's really not like a toy cartoon <laughs> it's, it's very not strange. No, it's really not. But I mean, well, again, we uh, we were, again we were coming out of the cycle where toy companies were just like, "Hey, just make a show and we'll make a toy for it. We don't yeah. care what it is or what it's about." And he was so the toy company was gonna make Rocco's toys basically, and they had an issue with the color because the original color of Rocco or Travis, whatever you want to call him, was yellow, and the toy company was like, "Hey, we already have a yellow toy." Or we already have like a like a main yellow toy, so like, can you change the color? So he changed it to the beige or color that he is, mm -hmm. and that's why Rocco's. That's why Rocco is just brownish or beigeish or whatever you want to call the color, it's like beige or yeah. tan, like a light or tan. tan, yeah, something like that. But that's why he's that color because the toy company told him to change it, and the toy company never ended up making the toy anyway. Oh so it was God. like a stupid thing. That is but, a stupid thing. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I don't. I, I I I think it helped the character because he looks more like a real wallaby. Anyway, yeah, that's true. So I think it's fine. But anyway, the meat of the matter. This show is this show is crazy. That is a crazy ass show. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus like long uh, story short i mean i guess you could sum it up because i've been talking a lot well i mean so it's, it's based off of you know rocco of course who is a wallaby he's a australian immigrant living in the fictional town of o-town which is in the united states and his best friend is a uh, is a is a cow um, or a steer who, is a steer named Heifer, who was raised by wolves. So his name is Heifer Wolf. Um, mm-hmm. And his other friend is is uh, Phil. I think you mentioned Filbert, who is a turtle. Yes. And uh, Filbert is very like nerdy and neurotic and uh, almost like kind of like um, I don't want to say he's like a like Woody Allen-esque character because he's not he's like more like nerdier than that you know um and like very like fragile like he like is nauseous all the time and stuff and like he is uh, kind uh, of a perv if you look into some of the um if you look into things a little bit on his character (laughs) yeah um he does get engaged at the end of the at the end of the show which is nice to um Dr. Hutchins who is a uh a a one-handed um cat doctor or is she a cat? Yes, she's a cat. Yeah, she's a cat doctor who has a hook hand. Cuz there's a, a whole there's right, a whole she's thing. a dentist, I think. She is a dentist and there's like a whole thing where like her family hates like his family and vice versa because like I like it's supposed to be like cats for some reason naturally hate turtles or turtles hate cats or something. It's like some weird thing for some well, reason. It's her mother. It's it, it's her mother, and it like and, and there's under there's a lot of underlying things in the episode in in the show which we're yes. gonna get into that like adults would pick up on but children would not. And it's not even just sexual innuendo or anything like that. There's a ton of that. Yeah, but there's like. There's like deeper story arcs too in there. In yeah. The, uh, I guess the lore of Rocco's modern life, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So at yeah, so at very like at surface level, this is just like a very like you know happy-go-lucky kind of silly non sequitur, you know, surrealist kind of humor sometimes show. Right. But like, like I mean, you... for like for a kid, I always thought that it was just a crazy show where random crap happened because yeah. on the screen. Like everything's exploding. Yes. Just things are just like random things are happening. There's constant chaos in the show. And like Rocco is always just he's like the straight man of the show. He's like yeah. he's just trying to like keep everything okay and like just keep it going where like everyone else is crazy, but he's the yeah. only normal one where every and like everything around him is complete chaos where we're like and like just as a kid you're visually just seeing all these wacky things happening on screen but you're not paying attention to all the little things going on in the background that are static that like the adults would pick up on so it's very clever how they've how they um how they disguise the adult jokes yes 
Yeah, and um, but it's also like there's a lot of like deeper storylines too that are like kind of uh, uh, like the not necessarily like funny. It's kind of like actually saying like a you know something like profound, you know, commenting on on society at at large, you know, and um, you know, it, it like again. This is like this type of stuff that like goes over your head when you're a kid, but like growing up, you're like, oh crap! I, you know, this is like it's almost like a Seinfeld. You know, I, I feel like Rocco's Modern Life is almost like the Seinfeld for kids because like there, it's like in a way, it, it's mean, almost like Philbert, it's a show about I mean, nothing. I mean, Philbert is clearly the Costanza character. Yes, yeah. So Philbert is definitely Costanza. Uh, Rocco being the straight man would probably be Jerry. I guess Heifer would probably be Kramer, and I there's not really an Elaine character. I guess it's kind of Doctor Hutchins, but like she's yeah. not really. She's not. She's kind of the Elaine by default. Yeah, she's more she's of like not, a recurring character. She's not really a, like a main. You know. Yeah, she's not exactly a main. I mean, you have that, and you have. I mean, the wacky neighbors of the big heads are more like are yeah. like more prominently featured than anybody else of recurring characters, and yeah, that's. A whole nother ball of wax that we'll get into in a moment. Yeah. Um. But so it's like these this cast of wacky characters, and they get in like all kinds of. It, it's funny because it's most of the stuff that they like get involved with is just like everyday situations. Like there's nothing that like is too crazy that happens in the town. It's literally just like their everyday life, pretty much. And um. You know, there's like an episode where like Rocco gets his bathroom renovated and then like is too vague when he talks to like like the, the contractor or whatever. Like he wins like a free bathroom and a game show. I don't know, remember the circumstances. But then the contractor comes and turns every room of his house into a bathroom. <laughs> like and it's like, oh, my ballroom's a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it's really just weird things happen around Rocco and he kind of just accepts it. Yeah. Yeah, he's very, like, just goes with the flow. And a lot of the stuff, when it's, like, crazy shit is happening, he'll be, like, his his catchphrase is, like, X day, and you know, X being, like, a variable is a very dangerous day. You know, yes. so there's, like, laundry day is a very dangerous day. I or, use that I use that phrase to the, every laundry day, which is <laughs> at least once a week. I use it, I and I, I say it to every single person that I run into. Yeah that sees me doing laundry or is in the laundry room with me just to see who gets it and nobody gets it. Yeah. I, I say it, I, I, I say it, to, I say it to, I say it to colleagues at work. I say it to, I like, I say it to people on the street. I say it to rent. I say it to as many people as I can. And for some reason, only one time has anyone ever understood the reference. And it's been somebody that I sent an email to, like 10 years ago for <laughs> um to arrange an interview with i think the singer from combi christ oh, which yeah. is an industrial metal band yeah um they have a they have a nice tour bus actually um some <laughs> yeah uh, somebody they, they have a nintendo 64 on that tour bus the guy andy nice. is the, yeah the guy andy is very youthful um everybody else just seemed well, like they hated him um, but every, I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but I don't know. Maybe Andy got all the ladies. I'm not sure. He was like Swedish. So very high cheekbones and blonde hair and tall. Good for the ladies, I guess. Um, and everyone else just looked very shaggy. So it's possible. Huh. Um, 
But they had a very nice tour bus. One of the nicer tour buses I've ever been on. Not that I've been on many. Um, I did not get to play Nintendo 64 on the tour bus. I was upset. Damn. But he he seemed, you know, he's he was in good spirits and everybody else kind of kept it themselves. Uh, hmm. Nice, nice enough guy. But I think the best time that I ever had was probably with Havoc because, oh. well, that day I interviewed three different bands and we and we all just did the interviews at the same bar. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was cool, I, except for Havoc, because then we did that in their van and it was fun. Um, but nice. yeah, nice. it was a good time. It was a good time. I had a lot of fun at the Knitting Factory. Uh, may it rest in peace. Yeah. But anyway, um, so where so so what I was getting at was just laundry day is a very dangerous day, and uh, I like it's it's a phrase that I use constantly, um, and yeah, it's it cracks me up. And like that day, it's just like he said, like in that particular episode, he says that, and like no one understands why he says that until he actually gets to the laundry mat. And the laundry machine is trying to kill him. Yeah. And it's always stuff like crazy stuff like that that happens. Like it's he's doing something so mundane and like so like, okay, like how could he possibly get hurt or die on this or something crazy could happen? And then something crazy happens. Like it just like yeah. goes out of control. <laughs> um yeah, like, and I'm I'm surprised more people don't know that phrase. Like the like blank day is a very dangerous day because. I for like for me, I always thought Rocco was like one of the more popular shows from Nickelodeon. But I, I guess feel it's... like it was, but I guess people may not remember it, or maybe, maybe. The people that I speak to never saw it. I mean, it's my it, it was it's it was and remains to be my favorite Nicktoon. Um, yeah, I would I, have know, to agree with that. That's definitely was... mine too. Yeah. I I have like such good memories of Rocco's mind. I feel like a lot of people up. their favorite. Their favorite falls between um, their their favorite. Like when I ask people who like like or whenever I'm in like whenever I talk about Nicktoons with people, their favorite they either say Rocco's Modern Life, Hey Arnold, Rugrats, or Invader Zim. Yeah, I Invader almost Zim never hear one. anything else. Invader Zim is a big one. I think Invader Zim is. Um... If you go by like the clicks in high school, like all the goth kids liked Invader Zim. Yes, <laughs> all the goth favorite. kids did like Invader Zim. Uh, uh, I I have heard a couple times Angry Beavers, but that's like uh, Nickelodeon hipsters. <laughs> you know, Nick, like Angry Beavers was okay. I never really got into it. I I know a couple people, that and I never favorite. really I I never really cared for Cat Dog. I always kind of just had it on, just like I like Cat I never, Dog. I thought it was it, I thought it was all right. It was fine, but it wasn't anything. It wasn't like anything special to me. It, ha anyway. it had its moments. It had its moments. Yes, I will say it had its moments. Um, and Jim Cummings was great on that show as always. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think Tim and I think um, Tom Kenny was also on it. He was. Yes, I think, he was mouse. dog, I think. Right. No. Uh, yeah, he or might have been dog. Winslow? But I think he was also the mouse. The like was Winslow. Winslow. Well, that I sure. didn't know. I mean, we can look it up, but anyway, it does. Um, and, well, we're talking about Rocco, so we can talk yeah, about cats. We're talking about Rocco, so we should talk about Rocco. Yeah, um, that would make sense. But yeah, the the, the show. Well, it's very it, it's very strange for Joe Murray to get back to him. Um, that the 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 show came about because he. Well, I mean, it didn't come about because of this, but like 
he's he's always in interviews when he talks about it he's always a little bit like conflicted as to whether or not as to like even though like it was a great thing but it came out of like something terrible and um mm-hmm. it was uh two months into the production of the first season of the show uh his his first wife committed suicide and he's based the show he's based that suicide on the show being picked up and he's like he said uh i've always had an it was always an awful connection because i look at rocco as such a positive in my life and he thinks that he just had a lot of unresolved emotional and physical issues when he moved to la and everything and Mm -hmm. like he's he feels like it was a marathon with his pants around his ankles and it's like he thought that he was going to do one season, move back to San Francisco, and then just, you know, finish whatever he had, well, like, finish whatever business he had left to do, and then they approved other seasons, and he was, and, like, so he's, like, it's a, it's, it's a torn thing, because it's, like, it's, like, it's a great thing, but it came from such tragedy, and, mm-hmm. you know, my heart's out to him for that one, it's, I'm sure it's something that stays with you forever, um, but anyway, uh, it's I, I think it's interesting that that happened. But I do. But like the show itself, very strange things happens constantly to Rocco while he's just doing like very like you know normal ordinary chores as you would uh, as you said yeah. like even just trying to find a job in the first episode like was in the first episode canned was um like was well or, or, well the first real episode the pilot episode was trash oh madness. And yeah. there's a lot of O things in there. Like there's O Town, mm-hmm. um, the company Conglomo, Con- which yeah. owns O Town, and that's why that's the that's the basic lore. As like he thought, like Joe Murray thought that it was just funny just to put O in the middle of things because it just like like he felt that it just made whatever it was comical. Yeah, and just also like at the same time, basically, just said that like was whatever the fixation whatever the fixation's way of of the situation was just saying like um whatever preceded the o was just this is what it is this is everything and then the o everything else is nothing like it's meaningless because there's so much more power in whatever the preface is so like which is why you see conglomo and their phrase is um it, like like their slogan is we own you mm-hmm. and then there's o town and everything in the o town has o in the middle of it so it's all owned by conglomo yeah. so conglomo owns the town so it's like it's self-contained in its own reference and i think that's really great how they like put that in there yeah um, it was like very, at first very at first how- it's at first, uh, it seems like a silly little thing that you just notice throughout. But then when you piece it together, it's like, oh, crap. Like, this is the big bad corporation that owns yeah. the world. It was very much like like uh, uh, way ahead of its time in that. And that the like, you know, predicting that corporations would eventually just own us. <laughs> well, like, exactly. And like everybody <laughs> works. Yeah. And everybody works for. Yeah, of course it did. <laughs> it saw it slowly, in the but surely it came. Yep. Because, I mean, I mean, we've said this before, probably a long time ago, but at some point, like, you know, with mergers and acquisitions, there's only going to be a handful of companies that can merge and act with. And there's only there's only going to be a handful of companies that can merge and acquire 
yeah anything mm-hmm. because they're just going to be too big and well sadly not to get into politics but sadly the law and politics do not move as quickly as everything else so by the time antitrust lawsuits and everything else gets dragged out it's just too late and by the time anything is resolved again enough damage has been done where it doesn't matter and the corporation has won mm-hmm. um but again a story for another day on another podcast yeah and not our podcast somebody else's <laughs> we'll continue to talk about pop culture for the sake of your amusement whoever you are in digital media device land for the sake of our sanity <laughs> yes that too um, but yeah, there's a bunch of crazy stuff that happens in this show. And like, there's also, there's a lot of things that you don't notice as a kid and self-contained in the lore is basically, well, Heifer's adopted. We get that in an episode when we realize that he's raised by wolves, but we see it in flashbacks. Cause there's an episode, I think it's called who's coming to dinner where Heifer like takes a girl out on a date, right? He takes her out on a date and she gets to meet her parents or something like that. And she also was raised by wolves. So, and he finds out that the wolves were planning on fattening her up and eating her. And he's trying to convince her. And he like realizes it and he tells her, hey, they're trying to eat you. And she doesn't believe him. So she breaks up with him. And we never see her again. So it's only to be assumed that she gets eaten by her family who adopted her. But it turns out that that's exactly the same plan that Heifer's family had, and they eventually, like, he grew on them, and they never had the heart to tell him. Mm-hmm. So he grows up as a carnivorous... um, as a carnivorous steer. It's unclear whether or not they eat other steer. I don't re- I, I don't recall them ever eating a steer, but they eat a moose, and... I think he, he really only eats chicken, like, he eats a choky chicken a lot. Uh, so. Yes, well, choky chicken is one of those innuendos that you and of I course. never understood as a child, and then, of course, as we became teenagers, we were like, oh, crap, because eventually choking... It was eventually changed to chewy chicken for that very reason. Yes, though. I think for the last season, they changed it to chewy chicken, and then in the yeah. Static Cling Netflix special, which was brilliant, um, it is renamed, cho- it is uh, back to choky chicken, mm-hmm. but... Like, I mean, most of the sexual innuendos are just penis jokes in the show. Yeah. So, or like metaphors for like spanking or for like jacking off or spanking it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to say that there's various points in the show where a monkey gets spanked. Yeah. And there's probably other things that go on that we don't remember, but there's like, but they eat a moose for sure, um, mm-hmm. at one point. And I think it's the episode when Heifer, real, like, when, when, like, Rocco goes to Heifer's house and realizes that Heifer was adopted because he sees his family and they're all wolves, and he's like, oh, I didn't, he never told me he was adopted, and his, Heifer's family gets, like, a look where they're like, um, he doesn't know that he's adopted, even yeah. though it's very obvious that yeah. because Heifer's a cow and the wolves are wolves, um, it's like you tell me how a wolf managed to have a cow, but then again, there was cow and chicken. Where that's well, true. Mama well, had a chicken. Mama had a cow. Dad, dad was, proud. was proud. He didn't, he didn't care how. how. So, which that in itself is a whole nother ball of wax that we cow won't and chicken get into. Was, a, was cursed. 
was a that was image. a cursed cartoon. We will talk about. <laughs> we will probably talk about that on another one because that show yes. deserves an episode that of show. how bizarre it was. It was bizarre, and I would say it was raunchier again than Rock. I would say life. it was Rocco's Modern Life turned up to eleven. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely. Uh. But. Yeah, so anyway, in that episode, you then find out that, like, in flashbacks, and Heifer wants to meet his dad, so he, like, so he goes to, like, a gravestone of a cow, and he, like, assumes it's his dad, and then he gets, like, a weird cloud flashback where his dad is, like, no, I'm not, where his dad's, like, just a jackass, and he's just, like, no, I'm not your, not to mean that he's a, that he's a donkey, but he's just a degenerate, Yeah, he's just, like, I hate my kids, I don't want to meet these kids, this is my lady Roe or whatever her name is. And she's like, and he's like, are you mom? And she's like, and then he's like, no, your mom's a, a car seat in like Chicago or something like yeah. that. Implying that his mom was murdered and you and her hide was used as a cow seat. And then he's just like mean to his new wife. And he's like, why don't you go make me a sandwich or something? And like, and, Ro- and, when, and like Rocco sees that and like uh, and like at some point Heifer pulls back like a flap of his skin and he thinks that he has a birthmark where it's like a butcher's map of like the different sections of a cow to cut up. Yeah. And he like didn't and like he never puts two and two together. His family was planning on eating on it. But while they're eating the moose, the dad like gives the awkward stare while he has the moose heart still beating before he like bites it and cuts the cord. So it's implied they just eat live animals for dinner. <laughs> well, they're, they're wolves. They're wolves. So of course you would expect that, but that's yeah. just messy. And yeah. why would you want that? Wouldn't this be a great time to have a plug for, um, for like blue apron or something. Yeah. But then again, we don't have any sponsors. If you own a company willing to take a risk, well, give us a call. Reach out to us at, at um, why does this exist show at gmail.com. Yes, we're shameless whores giving a promotion. You know, and wouldn't you want to do that? Thinking about it, uh, Rocco's Modern Life is like one of the few shows where like everybody's an anthropomorphic animal and they actually show that they eat other animals. So it's yes, like they do, they're probably eating another person. Like that was like an anthropomorphic moose probably before they started eating it. Uh, that's so, probable. And so it's basically like they're eating another person on their in their world. Oh, I never thought of that. So it's basically like cannibalism is fine. Right, but it's not really society. cannibalism because it's a different like species, but it's like Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're still it's a societal. A it's still a societal cannibalism. Yeah. Like it's like a tribal. It's like a tribal cannibalism. It's almost like if, um, well, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like if native tribes would eat the hearts of their enemies basically to like, kind and of. it's kind of like something like that. Uh, but we've got, but also what, what I wanted to get into was like, well, there's, there is a band episode, which is pretty crazy. I mean, there's a couple that like, there were band jokes and band episodes were like, um, that were let like that just, they got past the censors the first time. And then 
it only aired a couple, like one or two other times, and then it like was just too much. Yeah. Like I guess they caught him. We're like, holy crap! We sh- why did we? How did we let this go? Um, there's one episode, and I forget what it's called, but there's an entire there's an episode that's totally banned where uh, Mrs. Bighead, who um, the big heads next door, um, is um. Well, they're a couple, and they're frogs. Uh, they're horny toads. Uh, yeah, of course they're horny toads. Um, and, and there's lots of horny things. Like, yeah. like, like in one of the episodes, he's like, Rocco's giving a. In the first episode, he's giving a tattoo to. A, he tries to get a bunch of jobs. He get. He's like giving a tattoo to a rhino on the inside of his ma- on the roof of his mouth with a jackhammer because, of course, he is. And uh, the rhino, of course, his name is Mister Horny. And, um, there's, and anyway, there's the big heads and, um, they also have a son named Ralph, which we'll get into. Uh, Ralph becomes an animator and, um, well, there, then there's the static cling, which we'll get into in a little bit during the, uh, the queer stories portion of the show. Yeah, that's a whole segment. Um, there's a lot <laughs> to cover here, but we get to, but like, you know they're like they're they're just an old married couple. He goes to work, she stays home, and you know he makes the money. He's like an accountant or something for Conglomo. He's got like a good position yeah. there. Well, he's like multiple things at Conglomo. It's like yeah, explained that like his job basically changes like based on how, like what it's needed to be in the episode. You know. Yeah. And um, he uh, and and like and well anyway. He's he's out working all the time and whatever, and like he doesn't have enough time for his wife, and uh, and there's and like this whole band episode, she brings Rock, she like invites Rocco over specifically to seduce him, and he's like, oh, yeah. t- he like rips her clothes, she like instructs her clothes off, and she rips his shirt off, and she's doing all of these things to seduce him, and he thinks that he's just like cleaning up the house and like running air and like doing chores for her where like she's just trying to like you know get him in bed and then she pays him at the end of the day when mr bighead comes home and he has his shirt off and everything he's like no you don't it's not what it looks like and it's like it's that was too much after it had aired like once or twice but you can still get it on dvds there's another scene from there's a couple there's another scene from a different episode where they go to a motel and it's clearly a no-tell motel, and it's trying to be a parody of Psycho, but it's very obvious that it's like a sex motel with hookers and everything, and they're charging hourly, and they just go to stay for the night because it's because um, it's like rainy or their car breaks down or something like that. And they go to the clerk, and the clerk is like, how many hours do you want? And they're like, oh, no, we want to stay the whole night. And, like, you hear, like, banging and everything. And he's like, yeah, just come back in 20 minutes. And, yeah, and, like, there's a whole thing. And then, like, and and then he and then they're like, oh, no, we want to stay the whole night. And he's like, whoa, okay. And he, like, just, like, he's, like, he's surprised that they actually want to spend a night there. And then, like, they're at, they're, like, in bed later on and you just hear like more banging and stuff. And then Heifer just goes, Oh Gladys. And it's like, well, what is Heifer into? Or is it just like one of the nearby hoes that are like doing whatever they're doing? I, 
I, I, I don't know. It's it's not. It's implied that something else is going on well, between the two of them. Um, some people speculate that the reason that it was pulled it was not because of um, was not because of the innuendo, but because the clerk is a is a uh, racial Asian stereotype. Even though he's a zebra, you can you can tell from his like. You could tell from his physical appearance and also the way that he speaks that it's clearly in like a Chinese man. Yeah. So that's so that's I would be I wouldn't be surprised if that's more likely the reason why it was pulled in like the censors didn't notice that it was very sexual Im- like implications going around. Yeah. But that's but you could also you could find bad you could find like low quality clips of that. And it's it's pretty damn funny. But there's a whole lot of things that we miss, like the phone sex thing where he's just saying, oh, baby, a bunch of times. Uh, and it also says, be be hot. And like there's like a slogan that, on, in the back that just says, be hot, be naughty, be courteous, which I think should be a mantra for everyday life. But that's that, that's <laughs> that's that, that's me. I, th- I think that I think everyone should live and die by that creed. Be hot, yeah. be naughty, be courteous. Yeah. Like was, I, I I think people should get that tattooed on themselves. Not me, but and I I am not a tattoo advisor. If you want to do that that is of your own accord and I am not legally responsible for any of that. But um <laughs> just like that one time that I told somebody that it was a good idea that they get a Hakuna Matata tattoo. Oh no. Um well they did and the tattoo artist spelled it wrong. But that's oh, not my uh, fault. It was their I- idea. It was their idea. I was in college. It, I, I don't know who this person is. They ran into me at the end of a night where both of us were clearly drinking. I am not in the wrong. Oh. Well, I'm that, not in the wrong. That person's dumb for taking advice from someone that they just met that's drunk. We were both young at the time and very innocent. Well, mo- well. Was one, of, one of us was. I won't say who. Good mantra to live by. Uh, there's there's also plenty of other things that happen in every episode, and we just simply do not have enough time to get all of it. But the queer stories, that's where that's where the lifeblood of this is. And there's a whole lot of like there's a whole lot of interesting uh queer stories that come out of this show. Um one of them is the uh, the clown episode, actually, which is there's like it's clearly about it's clearly about being it's clearly about being gay or bisexual or um or cross dressing or a drag queen it's it's one of those things mm-hmm. more likely being gay or bisexual um it's called the name of the episode is called clown in the closet or closet clown something like that which couldn't be more obvious uh and there's um there's a, like where um it's like nighttime and a car breaks down outside the big head's house and it's a clown car and clowns come out of it and clowns are trying to fix the tire. And Mr. Big head gets very livid for no reason whatsoever. And he starts screaming at the clowns and he's like, we don't want your kind around here. We don't like you get out of here mm-hmm. enough with the car. Like just go away. And his wife, of course, is Mrs. Big head is just like, What's the problem? Like, leave them alone. Who cares? It's not a, like, what, like, what's the big deal? Their car broke down. So he chases them out of town and he and like a red nose falls and he picks up the red nose and he puts it in his pocket. And 
or like or it falls into his pocket somehow and he forgets about it and he like or so we think and he and like he keeps and then he goes to work and he's in the he goes to the bathroom and he puts the red nose on when he thinks he's in private and he's in the stall and whatever and he's like I'm a clown I'm a clown ooh I'm a clown and he's enjoying it yeah. and and um and he steps out of the bathroom stall or whatever and he turns around and his boss gets out of the stall next to him and his boss is and he's like starts panicking cuz he's like oh my god he's I've been found out yeah, and the I boss remember. is like, "I like. Let me see you when you're in my office for a minute." And he comes and he goes to his boss's office and he just thinks the worst, like I'm gonna get fired or whatever it is. And his boss is like, "I had a funny feeling about you." And it turns out that his boss is a clown too. <laughs> and his boss is like, and his boss is like in full clown regalia. And he's like, "So when did you know?" Or something like that. And he's like, "How long have you been clowning?" And he's like. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, please. And he's like, he's like, you mean you're not, but you haven't gone public with this yet? And it's like, well, what else could it possibly be? Mm-hmm. And then the next thing, and the boss, and the boss's demeanor is totally different. The boss's demeanor isn't like, he's very like straight laced and stern when he's talking to him as the boss. But then when he's in private in the boss's office, the boss is very flamboyant and it's, and the boss starts calling another clown friend and he's like, and he's like, oh, we got to, we got to set you up. So the boss starts calling his clown friends and he like, he, you know, like Mr. Bighead is like, holy crap, there's a whole clown community I didn't even know about. And I like being a clown and I've kept this hidden the entire time. And he sets him up at birthday parties and he's a hit until eventually the birthday party or whatever event that he's doing, his wife and everyone in town is there and he's like, oh God, and everyone accepts him and nobody cares, which it's pretty obvious what it's about. And then of course, Rocco is just like, well, that's what secrets are for. Like without secrets, like we wouldn't, like secrets are what make us special. And everyone starts coming out with their own weird things, which Philbert, as we've said before, is a perv, (laughs) mentions that, He's wearing European undergarments, which could only be a thong or something very, like, you know, feminine or silky or or something of that nature. Um, And then, of course, Rocco says, oh, well, I've always loved rainbows. And, of course, that's too much for the town. And they chase him out. But it's like it's 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 pretty obvious that that's what that's that that, that's what that episode is about. It's like it's just more about just being gay and bisexual and or whatever and nobody cares and just like be yourself and everyone and like everyone and everyone who was really important will accept you and who cares what other people think yeah um and i thought that and it's it's i i loved how they did that and there's there's many other there's there's quite a few other stories of that um like in the um i think it's the last episode where we have the episode where um where Philbert proposes to um where he wants to propose to um to Dr. Hutchins mm-hmm. and Dr. Hutchins's mother is bigoted and you know she's she's older than everyone else obviously and she harkens back to a time where you just stayed in your lane and you married whatever you were and you kept it within the same heritage or mm-hmm. the same culture and you didn't go outside of that and that was that and 
that's and and she's like i know better turtles and cats should never be together i don't like turtles and i don't like anything else and also um heifer's grandfather is part of that too because he hates rocco and we find out that he just hates wallabies for some for like no particular reason but he just hates wallabies so like there's the racial stigma which would clearly get over a child's head um and and um and Dr. Hutchinson's mom is the same way and she doesn't agree with the marriage and she hates the turtles and like in the episode Dr. Hutchins is meeting up with her friend and her friend is like a big buff tiger and she I forgot what the tiger's name is I want to say it's Tyler the tiger or something like that but she's like but he but Philbert like he's crushed cuz he thinks oh man she's got a cool new boyfriend Mm-hmm. And like there and like it's an old high school friend. She probably rekindled an old relationship. And like, how could I compete with that guy? He's jacked. He's in great shape. He's good looking and he's a tiger and the mom accepts everything. How could how like what chance do I have? I'm a turtle. And I already know that her mother hates me. So like, why would this even work out? But they convince his friends convince him to go through with it. And he does. And Dr. Hutchins accepts and, you know, and, and they get engaged. And it's a great way to end the show. And he's like, but what about Tyler? Like, what about your friend Ty- Tyler? Like, what about the tiger guy? And she, like, cracks up. And she, like, and she's like, Tyler? That, she's like, oh, that would never happen. And she starts laughing. And then Tyler starts laughing. Or the tiger guy, whatever his name is, they start cracking up. And it's implied that it would be because Tyler is probably gay. Mm-hmm. And would have no interest in her. So, but... They don't outright say it, but it's implied. So, you know, another way to get around that is just to simply not exactly say it, but imply it. And that's great, too, because nobody cares. At the end of it, nobody cares. And the best example of that is the Static Cling episode, which um, which is a special that came out specifically for um, for Netflix in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a two part thing. The first part was. Um, obviously the first part was static cling, the Rocco's modern life thing. And the second part was, um, invader, what was an invader Zim special. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I personally did not really, I thought that the invader Zim one was just okay. It was nice Mm -hmm. to see it. It was just okay. But the Rocco's modern life one was spectacular and it really went out of his way. And it was so great. Um, like we said earlier, the big heads have a son named Ralph. Ralph goes on to be an animator in another episode, and he creates the show that is the greatest animated show in the cart. It like in the cartoon, it's the number one show that, of course, is owned by Conglomo because why wouldn't yeah. it be? Um, and it's um, it's called the Fatheads, which is an obvious like it's obviously a pl- an animated play on his parents, the Big yeah. Heads. Yeah, and they're clearly the same frogs and everything, and like they're it's basically like. It's basically like the Simpsons episode when Bart does the Angry Dad comic and it goes viral. Um, it's just simply that. And he creates the cartoon, he becomes a, success, a successful animator, and then in the Static Cling episode, um, Rocco and friends return to the world 20 years later, only to realize that things have changed. And, that whole, and the whole Static Cling is about accepting change and that, yes... Times will change over over 
however long. Times will always change, and you need to just grow with them and accept them, and don't worry, and, like, things will be fine. And you don't have to, and, like, yes, you can pine for the good old days, and you can be nostalgic about things, but, like nostalgia doesn't always necessarily mean that it was always just simply better way back when. Sometimes it was, but sometimes it wasn't, depending on what you're looking at and how you feel about it, because, you know, I don't know how whoever it is that's listening to the end of this on in digital media device lands feels about certain things. Maybe some people tuned out. I, I have no idea. Or maybe some people called their friends and they listened to this. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, I don't know, but static cling is all about accepting change and just going with the times. And like, there's a lot more satire that's going on in there. That's like just great little like jabs at like the culture, uh, like the consumer culture and just how accelerated it is and just how, um, just how big corporations have taken over everything. Like they go into the store and they buy what's the equivalent of like the iPhone and like heifers, like I bought an iPhone eight. Well, it was like, I bought an Apple Phone 8, or whatever the hell it's called. It's like, I bought the iPhone 8, and then Philbert's like, so what, I bought the iPhone 9. And then, like, and then the uh, whoever's working in whatever the store is comes out and slaps an iPhone 10 sticker on the door, and then they get run over by people, by, like, a stampede of people going for the iPhone 10 right there. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, moments after Philbert announced that he bought the new iPhone 9. So, like, there's that, and then there's also... They run into the equivalent of a Starbucks. I think it's called a Buzzbox. They run into a Starbucks. They run into the Buzzbox, and they get a bunch of coffee. And then they run into another Buzzbox, which is right next door to the first Buzzbox. And they like drink coffee, and then they drink coffee again, and they run out. And Rocco is like all shaky from drinking too much coffee. Um, all kinds of things, but. The big kids have the son who's the successful animator and then there and then Rocco's like, oh, no, we have to get to some semblance. Also, at another point during the show, uh, I didn't mention this before, but uh, at the end of the episode where they're seducing, where like um, Mrs. Bighead is trying to seduce Rocco, um, Mr. Bighead starts like like gets jealous and he starts and he realizes that he's neglected his wife and he starts like doing these things that would turn her on like he's like he's flicking his tongue at plates that she's throwing like a um like a pigeon yeah like pigeon yeah yeah and and uh and he's breaking the plates and she's getting turned on and then later on in another episode they turn on a tape and it's just called toads in love and it's a um and it's that moment and even more so so it's like there's a like for some reason they have a sex tape of the big heads going at it. So it's implied. There's also other things like a tunnel of love thing where two rabbits go in and then they come out and there's like and they're surrounded by baby rabbits and there's a guy behind them who's like just giggling. So it's pretty weird. Um, you could make that however you want to, but. Um, in the static cling, they have the sun. The sun makes the big. The sun makes the fatheads cartoon. Rocco wants to just get something from like the time that they from like the nineties where they came from, and um, and they try to track down the sun because the sun went MIA. So the the sun's on the lamb, 
they find they go all around the world to try to track them to try to track down Ralph and they can't find him even people in Egypt who are building like statues of him don't know where he is mm-hmm. so and then they manage to find him making an ice cream in an ice cream truck and the ice cream truck and the ice cream that he's selling is shaped like the fat heads mm-hmm. and and they're like, oh, Ralph, can you make the big heads? And he's like, I really don't want to, but I mean, maybe I could. I mean, but like, there's just one thing. And they're like, well, what? He's like, well, I'm not Ralph. I'm Rachel now. Mm-hmm. And he's and like, it pulls back to reveal that that uh, that Ralph is now Rachel and he's transgender or she's transgender. I'm not I'm not great with the way that with like if you're like with with what becomes what I'm, I'm not great with that i'm sorry for anybody in for, for anybody who's trans listening to this i'm i like i i don't have everything together yet i'm trying i i i i have friends who are trans and they're awesome people i'm i'm just not the best with with who becomes who in that specific but anyway um so and so anyway, Rachel is Rachel just says, hey, well, I'm I'm not Ralph. I'm Rachel now. And we get the big reveal and nobody cares. And they actually like Rocco, Filbert and Heifer accept it. Filbert is even like, that is so awesome. Like, so it's and it's it's the perfect way to do it. Be, like where nobody cares. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. Mr. Bighead is the only one who cares. So this, of course, becomes a story about. A, about a father accepting that their child as is transgender so it becomes even bigger and eventually through the cartoon because it because like Mr. Bighead like he makes a big mistake that destroys Conglomo and therefore destroys the entire economy of the town of of O Town and it's all his fault yeah so the only thing that could save it is a big is a fathead's reunion. So Rachel reluctantly agrees to do it, does it, and it does very well. And in the middle, and like Mr. Bighead does not want to watch this, does not accept it, like which harkens back to when Ralph had said that he wanted to be an animator. Mr. Bighead said, I have no son. Right. And then um, and then when Ralph well, when Rachel tells Mr. Bighead that she is no longer Ralph and now Rachel. Mr. Bighead's response is I have no daughter. Mm-hmm. So there's that conflict and Mr. Bighead is watching the cartoon with a sack over his head the entire time mm-hmm. as like a showing of uh, of of intolerance and not accepting things the way that they are and shame and everyone is cracking up at the cartoon and the cartoon adds a baby and Rocco at first is pissed because he just wanted the fat heads by themselves the way that they were nothing new nothing changed but the baby is similar to the baby in dinosaurs where it just oh, ab- yeah. where it physically abuses the parents in like I don't love me exactly in like <laughs> an itchy and scratchy way where they're like yeah. beating the tar out of each other and they're probably and they're like if it wasn't a cartoon, they would be murdering each other, and it's funny. And the whole town is cracking up, and the and the 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 monetary numbers are going up on the ticker. So it saves the town, and it saves Conglomo and everything else. 
and it saved and like the fathead saves the day. So Rachel's cartoon saves the day, and enough and at and eventually there's so much laughter and everything, and you see Mr. Bighead's curiosity pour through in in his eyeballs. They pour through the bag, and the bag gets incinerated somehow. Don't ask me how that happens. It's a cartoon. Uh, cartoon logic is not the same as reality. If I hit anybody yeah. with a sledgehammer tomorrow, I'm going to prison. So, <laughs> um, uh, but there is, um, but there's the, sh- but in this particular instant, he sees the show and he realizes it's great. And then at the same moment in the show where the fatheads embrace their son as they get, as the son gets older Mr. Bighead is embracing Rachel and accepting Rachel. Mm-hmm. And that's the perfect queer story to tell anyway. And um, Joe Murray has said that he, like over the years that he's, there's been points in time where he's wanted to, where he's thought whether or not, well, not wanted to, but he's thought whether or not he bring Rocco's. He feels like, it, and he's not sure if it would be right, or he's not sure that they would be able to get away with what they did. And I think Static yeah. Cling proved that they could. Yeah. If they if they had the right backer. Yeah. So I would love to see another season of Rocco's Modern Life because they could definitely get away with it. Yeah. Um, I, as long as they got a lot of the same team. Obviously, they can't get Steven Hillenberg because he passed away, sadly. Yeah. But they could get pretty much the rest of the team back together. Yeah, I think, you know, even if they didn't do it necessarily as a kid's show, they could do it and release it. And the people that are going to watch it are going to be millennials anyway, because it's like, well, we yeah, watching. Right. So um, they would they have an audience for it, like a big audience. You know? Yeah, I mean, and they, and they have done that with Animaniacs. They brought yeah. Animaniacs back for a season. I mean, and it, was, I, it was pretty good. It was decent. I watched some of the new episodes and it wasn't bad. Yeah, I didn't watch all of it. I saw the first, I saw like half of it and I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was mostly fine. There were a couple of jokes where I was like, all right, I I, I figured they would do something like this. It's not really, it's not the greatest, but they, it wasn't they bad. A, they had to do a little bit of topical humor to like bring it into this century, you know, like. Well, of course, so but there they, were certain. You know. Yeah, there were certain things where I was like, okay, this is like, I get that they had to do this, but it wasn't executed the best way. But like, that's what happens when you don't, when when you have a different younger writing team. It's just like, they're going to do what they think the original show would be, especially if they're people who grew up watching this. They're going to do, they're going to do their best impression of the show. And it's not always going to land. But I thought it, I thought the Animaniacs reboot was fine. Yeah. Like, like, was it the best it it could have been? I don't know. But yes, for what it was, it was good. Yeah. Uh, There's I mean, they have been. uh, I know. I think History of the World Part Two premiered. This week or it's going to (laughs) really well, they're doing it. They they did it as a one off series and the trailer looked hysterical. Um, I if if there's no Jews in space, then 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 the show is crap. That's all that I could say. Weren't because they planning I, I, on doing a Spaceballs to the search for more money also? Um, they did a cartoon. Yeah, on I know G4, they did a cartoon. Yeah, and I the cartoon, cartoon was okay. Yeah. But it was just, it was a car. I mean, we could talk about that at some point. Just Spaceballs yeah. in general. Oh, yeah. Great, great movie. Great movie. Um, but 
I, I, I don't know. The cartoon was fine, but it was during G4's, like, dying days, so it only lasted as long as it lasted. But yeah. I think they did... I, I, I'm i not sure if they did try to do the search for more money. I wouldn't be surprised if they did try, and it didn't I, happen. Well, no, I heard that they were going to, and then... I don't know. It's like stuck in development hell. It might have been like before, like right before COVID. So like COVID kind of killed the project. Oh, maybe. Well, they did. Well, well they did. Um, they did history of the world part two as like a. Um, as like a variety show. Yeah. So I and the trailer looked hysterical. There was like like the like the peak was like Jack Black was Stalin and he was doing like a lay Miz kind of like song oh my god so yeah it, it like the whole trailer i could not wait to see it so it did exactly what it was supposed to do um but i think they could bring back rocco's modern life and i in the right vacuum and i think it could work um yeah. they tried to do things like that with ren and stimpy over the years and ren and stimpy has its own problems with the show creator um john um Crick Falusi, I can't, John Kay, um, that has its own issues with him and the reboot of Ren and Stimpy that they did for Spike TV was just awful, the adult party cartoon. Um, Yeah, that was not good. It was like way too like pornographic. Obvious. Yeah, Yeah. it was way too obvious and just not funny. Yeah. Like the innuendos were what made it funny. And like, yeah, it wasn't an innuendo anymore. It was just like, Oh, here's some fucking basically softcore pornography. Like, yeah. Like the first step, like the pilot is just openly just having, it's just like showing Ren and Stimpy having gay sex under the sheets. And it was like, that's not what made it funny. What made it funny was the implication. Right. But anyway, I digress. Rocco's Modern Life could be done today. Yeah. I think that Static Cling absolutely proves that, and I don't see... I don't see why we couldn't get another season. Yeah. Um, I mean, on, on, there's just so many things littered throughout that show that were just these ridiculous, absurd innuendos that adults caught... Children didn't, and now as the children became adults, the show has gotten better with age because now yeah, we realize what flew over our head and we don't understand how that flew over the censors' heads or how the censors didn't care. But this, I can only say either the censors didn't notice things or the censors were presented with things that were worse and they yeah, like, I, I weren't think paying attention to things or it was such a bad time for animation where like it needed a shakeup that they overlooked certain things i know that like be a, a combination lot of times, a lot of times like in the especially in the 90s like with video games and movies they would like purposely like when they brought it to the censors to be rated they purposely brought like like worse scenes that they thought would eventually get cut because they're like, oh well, we can we can afford to lose this scene if it if it means if we cut it, we can get a lower rating kind of thing, you know. Like, because I know it happened a couple times. I believe like the vice scene in in Casino, uh, that was like not supposed to be in the movie. Like I think Scorsese did that as like an extra. He's like, all right, we're gonna put this in, and if they tell us to cut it because it's too violent, then we'll we'll just like that's something we can lose. It's not like super. It was something like that. So I don't know if it was that exact scene, but something like that. 
and it ended up making the the final cut anyway. They like didn't care. Like, well, I don't know. That's I mean that happened a lot of times. Yeah, it was yeah. just the worst thing showed up. Yeah. And often and often, I mean, they still do it. Like even with like South Park, where like oh, they'll yeah. run like two versions of a joke that like legal doesn't think that they'll get past it. Well, so, like, legal will tell them, oh this isn't going to work. And then they'll do something worse. And then the censors will pick the worst item. Yeah. They don't get into the show. I was actually, apparently South park has almost like, like carte blanche on comedy central. Like they were talking about this, like, uh, oh, on, sure on Rogan. They, they were talking about it on Rogan. A few, like they did the protect our parks thing. So it was like Ari Shafir and, um, uh, well, I thought you were saying that like Trey Parker and Matt Stone were on an episode. No, 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 no. How did I miss that one? No, no. I, well, I think they have been on the show, but it was like a long time ago, like two, oh, okay. years, two like years ago. Um, no, this was like Ari Shafir and like a bunch of other guys, and they were basically saying like because like Ari Shafir, I think, had a, a show on Comedy Central, and I they would like pitch jokes to the network and be like, "Hey, can we get rid of, like get away with this?" And they'd be like, "No." And it's like, "Well, Cartman did it," and it's like, and the network's like, "Well, you guys aren't like South Park." Like they're they have like free reign. You they're the only ones that have free reign. So it was oh, like see that. It was like a good like barometer for what they could get away with. It's like okay, can South Park do it? No, then we definitely can't do it. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that um, that'd be safe to say that you yeah. definitely can't if South Park can't. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I, I think that you know uh, that's that again that's such a unique ep- like thing though because that's like su- it's like by far comedy central's most successful thing ever pretty much that they've ever done um, yeah so and also just the writing of Rocco's modern life was interesting too because they would just like they would take them out like uh like joel murray would take them out to trips like just to do things or like he would call them writing trips which i'm sure like just were various ex- like things that were expensed to just get out of the studio for a while and that's and like and then they would just eventually just pitch stories based on things that were surrounding them so it would either come from so that's why a lot of things would come from real life or just anywhere really just because they like they got that little reprieve and they were like all right somebody do a writing trip where it was just like let's get the hell like Let's try to like not work from a day. Like, let's just take a mental health break, basically, and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just such an interesting show, and like we had yeah. all of the and like a lot of the animation was just like the classic like gags that you would see from like from just Chuck Jones cartoons yes. and like Tex Avery and stuff. Yeah, like there's the episode cool. where there's the other. Uh, I think she's another Wallaby or something like that next door, and she's like the sexy one. Melba Toast. That, yeah, Melba. And Melba um, Toast. That's her name. Melba Toast. Oh God. Um, and like Rocco is interested in her, and he's like, he's got the hots for her and everything, and she's like, so like, um, Heifer writes like a uh, a dating like um um. What do you call it? Like a like a what do they call it? The uh, classified ads that would be like he just put wrote a dating ad for him and he went on all these dates and one of the dates turned out to be Heifer who was like a stand in and that's where the tunnel of love thing happens. Yeah. Um. But he's interested in but like he's interested in Melba and there's like another part I think it's in the same episode or another one 
which gets into Filbert being into weird things. There's like we see two like we see two women like like Filbert like um like Rocco's getting like a headshot and he goes to Filbert who has like a photo studio thing in his like house for some reason. And we see and we only see the bottom, we only see like the legs and feet of like of these people and you see two women leaving and giggling and Filbert's like, All right, ladies, bye, have a great day. It was a great shoot and they're <laughs> leaving the house and then and like you see two you see two like ladies like legs and feet and then they're and then they're like followed up by like a male rabbit's feet and every time we see rabbits in the show there's usually like a sex joke that's coming yeah and they leave we don't know what they look like but the male feet are obviously rabbit's feet and um and they're and they leave and the women are giggling and the male rabbit and like the male figure doesn't say anything and then when Robert, or when when Robert, who's Robert? When Rocco and Heffert comes into, um, when they come into Filbert's house, they obviously see the models and they come in blushing. So it's implied that something that that like something adult related in an industry that caters to that need may or may not have just happened at Filbert's house. So he may or may not have been doing a shoot for a dirty movie. Yeah. Or just whatever it was. I don't know. Maybe Filbert needed to pay the bill somehow. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't. Nobody really knows. Yeah. But it's implied that that happened and that Filbert doesn't just take headshots. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. So there's plenty of other things or like there's like a weird like elephant birds or something like that or monkey birds that Filbert yeah. adopts. And it's implied that, well, how else could we get birds like like animals that are half birds and half monkeys. So there's <laughs> like, there's quite a few interesting things or like in the seductress episode, um, she like asks Rocco if she has nice eyes and her eyes like bulge out of her face and they look like boobs. Yeah. And it's in front of Rob Rocco's face and she like rubs his face in them and it's, and he's just like, you have great eyes. And she's like, how great are they? Or something like that. Yeah, but it's um. There, yeah, there's it's, also the um the recurring character. There's the recurring character of like the fat lady that Rocco always like bumps into her ass or something yes, like that. The hippo woman, and that's yeah. Charlie Adler for you. Yeah, and like he's always like like shoving his face in between her butt cheeks and stuff like that. And she's always like, <laughs> "How dare you?" Yes, and like, and then there's one episode where like she asks him to apply like suntan lotion. She's wearing like a friggin' like string bikini, basically like. <laughs> So and she's like a huge whip hippo lady. So she's yeah. just like you know this giant lady <laughs> with a big fat ass. It's hilarious. Yeah, and it's it's very like yeah. It's like okay, like they they got away with it, but <laughs> yeah, it was, pretty that's obvious. pretty bad. But yeah, long story short, Rocco's modern life, which I think I I, I think we could like wrap it up now. Yeah. Um, they also have like they also have their own hell, which is called Heck, but. You know, and it is what it is, and like and instead of the devil, they have peaches who rules heck. Yes, peaches. <laughs> um, he's got like udders on his head. If I remember correctly, like he wears like a looks like an executioner's robe with like a like a a hood that covers his whole head. But in like one episode, it like gets like removed, and is like literally his head is like udders or something like that. If I remember, <laughs> it's like very strange. Maybe this has a tie into cow and chicken somehow. How it could be? I don't know. Anyway. 
To wrap up Rocco's Modern Life, this was an awesome show. If you like, I, I would be very surprised if whoever's listening to this show never watched this. But if you haven't, you should absolutely find episodes of this show. Whether or not you have, to, even if you have to get like a free trial of Paramount for like a week or whatever their trial is, it's yeah. worth it. Um, if you're a Paramount subscriber, good for you. You can watch it whenever you want. Um, if you're not, you could probably, I'm sure you could scour the internet and find a, a couple of episodes, or at least a few YouTubers who have had extensive things about this. Um, but it's a great show. It's funny. There's a lot of crazy humor in there. As a child, a lot of things got over your head and the show was funny already. Yeah. But as an adult, you'll appreciate it so much more. Um, if you have Netflix, then definitely give the uh, Static Cling um, special a uh, a listen, and it will absolutely make you smile. Yeah, Leapfrogs. That's the name of the episode where uh, yeah. where where, where uh, Mrs. Biv- Bighead, Bev Bighead, seduces tries to seduce Rocco. Leapfrogs. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Go there check that go. episode out. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, and half in a hand basket is the one that's also banned. Yeah, but it's—I think you guys should take a look at this, and it's a lot of fun. And if you watched it, you watched it. If you didn't, find a way. Yeah, but yeah, this is us telling you what you already know. Uh, this is why does this exist? We are an episode about. We are a show about pop culture in very strange ways. Uh, stay tuned. We will have more episodes coming up on some other strange things. And, um, you know, everybody just have a nice day. Uh, Also, the Wacky Deli is the greatest thing ever. There is also a Rocco's Modern Life Super Nintendo game. It's not great. It's very hard. No. Well, and it's like one of those things. It's like, why did it need a fucking video game? (laughs) Yeah. But that's that. Maybe yes. we'll do an episode on Nicktoons games. We've got plenty of ideas popping into our heads all the time. If you like us enough, give us some money. If not, just keep listening to us, and that's okay too. We'll get money on the ads, so we'll rake in we'll rake in some dough somehow, and we'll be able to persist. But at the end of the day, Rocco's Modern Life is a great show. Joe Joe Murray is a great man, mm-hmm. and Nickelodeon was. Great and brown and groundbreaking in the nineties. I don't watch it so much now because I don't have children, uh, and my nieces and nephews are too young, and I, I don't have cable, and I also would not currently watch Nickelodeon as a thirty-something-year-old person. That is kind of weird. <laughs> um, anyway, this has been why does this exist? I'm Chris and I'm Rob, and remember. Question everything. Good night, everybody. <laughs>